All right. Today's episode is going to be good. Now, let me just start off by saying I was crossing my fingers as I hit record because we had some solid technical difficulties uh, starting out this podcast this morning. First of all, we started a little bit late because our guest forgot his phone and it was a whole thing. So we kind of made fun of that a little <laughs> bit. And then and then uh, I couldn't get my computer to work uh, because, you know, it has to like a drawstring. I had to like pull it, yank <laughs> on it. I didn't like choke it first. I didn't have enough gas in it. It was a whole thing. Yeah, the yeah. hamster wheel wasn't spinning. So that's a whole thing. It was just really, really frustrating. And um, so we had to at one point start stop start again stop moved over to the ipad and so please fight through some of the technical difficulties with us today but i promise once you get started in this um it was a really great encouraging exciting conversation i think with our good buddy alan kendrick alan is at vivid church in south carolina columbia area i'm very familiar with that area uh he's in lexington specifically if you are a geographical wizard like austin uh, then, <laughs> then, <laughs> then you will know where Lexington, Kentucky is, or not Kentucky, excuse me, Lexington, South Carolina. Is. And, uh, and he's uh, doing great things. He, he invited me up to spend time with their church about a year and a half ago. So I had a really good time meeting with them. Uh, if you ever get to meet Alan, and I can't believe we didn't really get to this on the, on the show today, but you do have mm-hmm. to ask him about the 1700 square foot deck he built on the back of his house. Yeah. Uh, actually, to build church community, to build church. Uh, I know we kind of joked about it on the podcast, and you can hear that later. But uh, if you ever get a chance to ask him about it, ask him about it. It's a, it's a phenomenal <laughs> deck. He really did do do well with it. <laughs> yeah. But we talked about far better things than that. Like, uh, uh, Austin, tell us what stuck out to you. Is there something fun that you learned today or anything about yeah. Alan? Yeah. Alan, he brought the fire today. Yeah. And... Uh, it was. We really set it up to be the worst episode ever. As we were late. We, we tried hard. We, man, we really <laughs> wanted it to be the worst. And, and he just wouldn't allow it to be bad. So no. uh, just killed it and got me fired up. Um, yeah. Just, man, he's got some really cool stories about what's happening in their church right now, post-launch. Yeah. And um, we get real. One of my favorite things is just getting real on mm-hmm. uh, some of the launch team and launch team not being around. Yeah. And it's a theme, the, only, the only person <laughs> that has kept their launch team is your boy Furtick. So we, <laughs> we talk about that a little bit. And yeah, it's a great, great conversation. Alan yeah. is just Alan. And from the yeah. moment I met him, uh, he's just been Alan. So I love that. Yeah. Just the consistency. And you'll find out, listener, what Alan, he's just Alan. And there, I, you're right. I don't know if I know another person like Alan. Um, and it's so hard to say that without, you know, um, cheating here and telling you a little bit of his story. So he'll, he'll do that. But he's the Energizer Bunny. That's the best comparison, man. He's just always go. But even when things go wrong, he still somehow makes them right because he's just disciplined. He hustles, but he also puts a lot of most of his faith and effort goes towards the idea of obeying what God told him to do, even if it doesn't make sense or he doesn't like it. And frankly, again, even if it doesn't work at first, somehow he'll make it work simply by being obedient to what God called him to do. So you hear more about that. So again, uh, Alan Kendrick. By the way, that's a l excuse me a l l e n Kendrick. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody spells his name wrong. There you go, Alan Kendrick, uh, vividchurch.com in the Columbia area of South Carolina. You can find the church at Vivid Church SC or Alan F Kendrick on Instagram. Good friend of ours. Great conversation. Thanks for fighting through the uh, hiccups on the front end. But I promise you're really going to enjoy this episode. You're going to share it with a friend. You're going to leave us a good review because this is going to be a really fun chat to listen to. So here you go, Alan Kendrick. <laughs> I think that's just what's going to happen. This. This I'm, just, I'm just done with this life in it. general, man. All right. 
back after technical difficulties and you were just regaling Austin with a thousand great stories and moments about how you earned $30 million for your church plant, which if yep. people didn't hear because technical difficulties, they're not going to know all the details right. of that. Sorry. Yeah. So yep. we'll pick up T- to the other T- more points. a check for $3 million, you know. <laughs> it was just a blessed life, I'm telling yes. you what. Because that's easy. Yeah, that's not the hard part. No no church planner really cares about knowing that stuff. So, But they yeah. want to know how you picked Columbia over a list of 20, 30, 100 cities you got to. You're in Columbia. Lexington's what you said. But Columbia, walk us through that story right. again. Okay, so um, we, it, I am super Holy Ghost. That's just me. That's my tribe. <laughs> That's how I lead. That's all I know Super to do. Super Holy Ghost. I love that phrase, though. <laughs> I, I mean, everybody needs a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Come on. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we laid out a map. Once we felt like we were supposed to move and plant from California to God knows where, we laid a map out and we prayed over the map. And wherever we felt drawn and compelled to go, that's where we were that's where we were going to at least pull data points. But it was like, well, what does God want us to do? So we did that. And there was a nucleus of cities in the Southeast and we visited those. And when we came through Columbia, all I can tell you is we had this compelled nudge to go and I'm driving through the city. We go downtown Columbia. We go to Irmo. We go to Lexington. These are suburbs. We go to, um, we, uh, we go to Forest Acres. We go to a couple places. And I look at Amanda as we're driving down and I said, I mean, I think this is what I've been praying for. This, this is what I saw. And so I looked at her and I said, I, I really think we're home. Well, we take a month to pray on that statement, that thought, that like God is compelling us now and we can't shake it. And, 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 and the more we prayed, the more we just kept getting excited and seeing Columbia in our minds and said that that's it. At some point, it's time to go out on faith and say it. So. We moved from California to Columbia, South Carolina, June 19th, 2019, bought a house, knew zero people, had no mm. friends, no family in the area. Let's go. It was very much like a missionary thing, but just U.S. missions. Yeah. And so we moved and started planting Vivid Church. Does your wife have the same Holy Ghost, just kind of like reckless i know i know it's not reckless but you know what i mean like just kind of that like let's just go and then hopefully god will show up does your wife share that same kind of personality and faith 100 percent, more than me wow more than me that's cool yeah she's she's the daredevil mm-hmm. and i'm the trailblazer wow so cool. she's got like no fear she i mean she can plant three or four or five more churches just just because like because. there's and i'm like no no we're doing this once <laughs> And that's it. Right. That those are tattoos though, man. Daredevil and Trailblazer. You gotta y'all gotta work on that. that yeah. Gotta, okay. <laughs> she just got gotta, her first tattoo last week. That's gotta get turned into something, man, for sure. Her yeah. first tattoo last week? First one. Yep. Um, I, I mean I hey listen, I my first tattoo was mid thirties and I got a bunch my fortieth year, so uh, there was a crisis of I don't know, identity in there somewhere. Anyway, we'll move <laughs> I feel on. Like from I that. Need one now. Yeah. <laughs> um Okay, now I'm I'm curious. So, so if she's the the crazy one and you're you're the crazy one, and you gave better words to that, like I've, aside from the church planning thing, real quick, has that ever backfired? Because that's two people just like going with no breaks downhill. Um, I'm just curious, like if you had any fun stories of where that that didn't pan out, or man, maybe maybe you're God's favorite and everything you do worked out. <laughs> well, the thirty I mean, million just, dollars and all the stuff. yeah 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 all that. <laughs> I mean, 
I guess we just, that's the life we want to live. We want to be extremely adventurous. And so her, her desire to, you know, go nuts and my desire to go crazy for Jesus. I mean, every, every part of our story has been, we're moving from here to here, extreme from Birmingham to Dallas, never lived in Dallas before. We're going to Dallas. We're going to school. They're done. We're going to move from Dallas to California. We're just going to do it. And we're going to be young adult pastors. When nobody hires a young adult pastor, everybody wants a youth pastor and all that. And so literally we felt in that way, we're compelled by the spirit to move to um, California. Now that was in 2015. And this is a, a sidestep story because this is just kind of cool the way God works. Yeah. We, we were praying that through. We had told our employers there in Dallas, we're, we're leaving. This is our last semester working for the university here. Um, and we're going to move to California. We don't have jobs yet. We just believe that's going to happen. So as we're praying this through one Friday night, we go on a date, we go to a giant bookstore in Dallas, half price books, giant. Okay. She's looking for a new devotional. So we go to the, the, the Christian section, you know, with all the stuff and the first book she pulls off the shelf, she opens it up. And the very first line at the top of the page says, <laughs> and when we moved from Dallas to California. <laughs> what was the rest odds, of the sentence though? <laughs> I don't even remember. Because the odds Doesn't matter. <laughs> of that sentence, not Texas, Dallas, yeah. where we were, of that sentence opening to that page, reading that at the top of the page. Yeah. We're literally in like the trillions of odds or more, right? Right of books you could choose from, right? Of sin. So uh, that's just been us, and so we just have a high meter for like, okay, that's it. We're we're freaking going. Yeah. And so we did, and then the okay, same so, thing. It was like, all right. Okay, so now I got to ask the other, like, I guess the other side of that too. Then, so now that I guess. I guess what sort of vision are for the future do you have? Meaning like, hey, we're in Columbia for the next two years or five years. Or is it like, hey, listen, man, we don't know week to week because God could call us through another line at the top of a book to move to another city. Yeah. How, do you, how do you reconcile those two things together? Uh, and I'm not creating a debate here. I'm actually asking in your mind because you seem to yeah. be open to that. And I love that. It's more that Jonathan vibe of like, let's just climb up the hill and see what happens. I love that. Yeah. But again, with planning out and building a church and even the simple stuff of like, building a sermon series, let's say out of out six weeks or whatever, that takes some sort of planning yeah. that, that at a at, at kind of the quick, simple glance is contrary to everything you just said. How do you, how do you kind of yeah. marry those together? I don't know. We struggle with that a little bit. <laughs> um, I love that answer, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> I mean, um, the, the sermon series planning is, is when you said that that's a trigger. Cause that's one of the harder things for me to actually do. Um, okay and no one really knows this, but I'll just, I'll, since we're here, literally this yeah. Sunday, um, I rolled up and, uh, I, and I've never done this before. So this whole podcast is going to sound so slanted by just the stories I'm telling. <laughs> I've never done this before, but since we're yeah. here, I rolled up this Sunday and, um, I actually changed the entire sermon when, when I, as I was praying and I was getting ready for church and all that in, in, in almost two years, I've never done this. Mm -hmm. But I changed the whole sermon and I decided I, I needed to say something else. And in run through, uh, we're supposed to start a sermon series next week called The Goats of Faith. 
you know, greatest of all time, looking at the patriarchs of the Old Testament, all this. In run through, I look at my creative director and I I said, okay, so not only am I changing the sermon today, this is a series. We're starting a series right now. I need you to make a a graphic (laughs) like this. I think this is a three week series. That's good. I've again, I've never done that ever. Um, So I don't really know how we reconcile the long term play. I'd say this our in laws moved here for faith and family. So they wanted to be part of Vivid and they wanted to be here with our three girls. So now we have young kids Mm -hmm. and they're all under five. And I just think that complicates things a little bit. And we're also massive, massively into generations of faithfulness. So Mm -hmm. to balance it, I'd say I would sacrifice the young married adventurous lifestyle for the sake of my children to be around grandparents mm-hmm. and not to be super biblical, but this is just what, what I say when Paul writes to Timothy, he said the same faith I saw in your grandmother, Lois, yeah. that I saw in your mother, Eunice, I now see in you. Mm. And that's that three stranded yeah. cord that he says, because of the, of who you were raised around and under, I've now seen the generation's, of faithfulness come onto your life. And I, I have a high value for that too. And so I'm actually more of like the Red Bull crazy, let's do stupid stuff, but I like to stay in one spot. And Amanda's more of the one who likes chronic change. Like I replaced a dishwasher in our house this morning that we bought yesterday, you know, (laughs) now it did go out. The old one went out, but you know, she likes, it. we re- re- the living room two days ago. She just like changed. That was random and had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Wait, so, so y'all moved in, you, you bought a house in June of 2019. Is that what you said? So, yep. all right, you, you show up in Columbia and you got, you know, double dose of the Holy ghost and it's, uh, all guns a blazing. Did you already have your launch date set by then? Yes. Or, okay. hundred percent. All right. And it was September, 2020. Is that right? That's it. Okay. So, um, talk us through, what did you do when you got there? You didn't know anybody you rolled in. Yeah. Um, I can tell you one of the first things he, not, not the first, I can tell you one of the things he did cause I've been there. He built the world's largest deck in his backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> and he used it for church. Anyway, you tell the story, but tell us, answer Austin's yeah. question, but I will, that will, okay. that still blows me away how you incorporated all that. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> Yeah, it's 1,700 square feet. It's a giant. He paid for that deck, man. Let's go. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what I used it for. That's what I, my launch budget was my deck budget. (laughs) That's not true for whoever's listening. Um, Okay, so. Nobody's listening. It's going in the documentary. It's going in the documentary. Um, Well, the, the, the thing that I love about parachute church planning, which is just going to somewhere you've never been with no one you've ever met is that every person that you see is a potential launch team member. So your yeah. whole worldview is shifted to right. every single person with a pulse. I am here to reach them, yeah. period. And we, it's, it's fly or die. And so yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I put my, my office right in a local coffee shop and went there every single day, learned the names of the baristas, do, do all the things. Then I got, um, you know, associated with the, in my opinion, the three big church planting movements, which are ARC, CMN, and Stadia. 
and mm-hmm. um, started started traveling to, to 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 do their assessments and their profiles and da 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 da. And then I got hooked up with a fundraising coach in Jim Shepard, who uh, owns Generis, the Generis Group out of Atlanta. And somewhere between, so that was June. Um, we we really got started fundraising and team building and all that in November. So the first two or three months were, you know, half and half. Like we're building, but we're also just trying to enjoy the family time a little bit mm-hmm. while you're here because it's never ever ever going to be um, this slow, right? Like Sunday's yeah. only ever six days away once you pull that launch day trigger. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Then then we started fundraising like crazy. And then the launch team moved from around the country. Uh, we had 12 people move from around the, the country to, to join us here. And, um, and then March, right? March, March 2020 hit. And then yeah. everything just kind of went to crap. So that's where we lost our venue. We were going to be in a middle school. Um, not happening anymore after that. And uh, we, we, had to, we had to figure out where we we're going to launch the church. Because I said, hey, like I'm – I'm launching the church. There's no way around that. <laughs> right. I did not preach faith my whole life on stages and tell people that all the external adversity doesn't matter. And you do whatever right. God's asked you to do in faith to then show up to 2020 in the most adverse year of our life and then cave under all the pressure. Now, whatever yeah. anybody else did, they did. Not me. I just said, Good. for me, I'm not going to be it. that hypocritical. There's donors involved. There's launch team involved. We're not pushing our launch date. I don't care if it becomes a house church. We're going to do Good. what God freaking asked us to do. Come hell, high water, the <laughs> devil's sister. I don't care. <laughs> and we did it. That was good, we dude. freaking did it. Good. Yeah, you did. <laughs> All right. So so March 2020 happens, and um, you didn't launch in that middle school. No. Right? No, we did not. Yeah. No, we didn't. So no. and that was an interesting story because we've stayed <sighs> connected a little bit on, on that stuff. But yeah. how did that how did that happen? So um I couldn't get a, a school because all of our schools in our area just broke all the outside agreements and didn't want to entertain yeah. it. I couldn't get a movie theater with Regal or AMC because they were like on the verge of bankruptcy. Couldn't get a performing arts center. So all the traditional church planning launch locations that you're looking for were unavailable. And so in my grit, I said, well, if we got into commercial real estate, yes, it would be more expensive. I understand. But secondly, if we could afford it, you're just dealing with a landlord who just wants his money. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And then you have a 24 seven, 365 semi-permanent space if we get into a lease agreement well that Mm -hmm. sounded like why has no one ever done that you know what i'm saying i get it expense take finances off the table no one's ever saying we don't want permanent locations they're saying we can't afford permanent locations Mm -hmm. well if you can't afford a permanent location then why the crap wouldn't you try to do it (laughs) and so i raised an insane amount of money and i'm not shy about that and Hang on, let I me let me it. just paint this picture real quick because you're like y'all got to know Alan is leaning into this camera. I mean, he is like there's spit <laughs> on the camera. He leans in. I love yes. his passion. I just want everybody to know because they can hear your passion and clarity the whole time they're listening. 
But for those who only listening, you can actually physically see it too. So I just want to make sure everybody understands <laughs> that you are nearly you're breaking things. The room is shaking. Yes. this is really good. So keep going, keep going. I mean, well, I just want to make sure they feel this because okay, why would you freaking not hit a permanent building? Continue. Well, I, and 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 this is not to 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 um, cater to the name you called this podcast, but it's just true. One yeah, yeah. size fits none, and we've said it for so long that you have to do it this way. Yeah, right. That from even a biblical perspective, Jesus did not perform the same miracle the same way twice. He right. didn't do it. And I'll so I, 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 I'm going, no, like if, if, you, if you have a sense, a compelling by the spirit to yeah. go and do something, yeah. just freaking do it. You're pioneers yeah. in this thing. You're freaking taking ground it. in the frontier. Lewis and Clark didn't have a map. They made the map. So go make the map that you want to make and go find the Pacific Ocean. And so for (laughs) us, that was, that was, we're going into a semi-permanent location now. That was because we had to. Truth be told, I probably would have been in our middle school because there's a lot of reasons that would work. But for us, that was not possible. And we were very much hell-bent to hold the line on our, launch day so so i I was just gonna ask like just kind of pause there for a second because you you talk about pioneering and like make the map and all that kind of thing but i wonder what what do you think about guys that go and plant but they're not pioneers like somebody that's listening to this right now he's getting ready to go plant a church but Mm he knows he's not a pioneer like Mm -hmm. talk to that guy for a second because i've had conversations with those guys and i'm like bro if you don't have the grit the grind like the want to make that map Ah, you know, it's going to be rough. So I'm curious with, with your passion and, and your hair, uh, if you can share that <laughs> and just kind of talk, I don't, I don't know. What do you, what would you say to that guy? Yeah. So my, to me, the undergirding principle, no matter what the style or the person and all that, the undergirding principle is do whatever you feel God is asking you to do. That's it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Every guy that we're learning from today broke the mold and did it their way. They did whatever God was asking them to do. Rob Ketterling, right? Right. Over there with, with, uh, River Valley church. He literally opened up like three lines of credit in one Hmm. day and sunk. He didn't have a, a a launch budget. His story is insane. Right. No one would do that. No one would. No one would max out credit cards to the tune of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But yeah, River Valley, ladies and gentlemen, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> right. So, what? Whatever it is, whether you have you know a passion or or courage, or you don't, you don't feel like you're a pioneer, or whatever it is. As long as you continually walk with what you feel like the Lord's leading you to do, mm-hmm. and you balance that with other voices affirming it confirming it speaking into it i really think if it becomes a boutique church and it looks more like you know you're you're, you're taking over um a, a church facility right and it's it's great if it becomes a multi great you know if it if 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 it becomes a house church but but that's what the lord is leading you to do yeah it may not look like what i'm doing and it may mm-hmm. not look like what all the other famous things mm-hmm. are out there but if you're doing whatever it is god's asking you to do you got to be okay with what it looks like and that's what i would say that you know every story is just so different and yeah 
I don't know necessarily if you need that Lewis and Clark pioneering thing. I did, and I didn't understand that because literally the way the pandemic hit and everything, there was there was no – I mean, everybody called us that we were associated with in those three church planning agencies, ARC, Stadia, and CNMN, and said, we don't know what to tell you anymore. Yeah. yeah. We don't have a map. Right. That's right. So, so, so you'll need to, and they, they told me this, we're hoping that you'll let us know how we can help other planters plant churches by the end of the year. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Right. But at that point we're here now, we yeah. have accepted the assignment that God extended to us and it took the pioneering spirit to get mm. through all that. Yeah. But I don't know if it's required to yeah. have that and be successful. Yeah. That's what I would say. Dude, I think that – so that's just helpful. I just want to repeat some of the things you said because people, some people need to hear it 400 times. Somebody, somebody went and got lines of credit. That is not what you're saying is a, is a prescription to do it. Somebody in – your, in your case, you said, screw it. We're going to go get a permanent building even though that doesn't follow the model or whatever. But that doesn't mean everybody's supposed to do that. And some people are only hearing that like, oh, good. I was thinking I should go into debt 150 grand. And now that now that <laughs> Alan said so, I can go do it. You know, like, so I just want to repeat to everybody right. the same thing you already said. Like, hey, craft this piece of art that God has called you to create. Do it the way that God yeah. called you to do it. And some of it, you know, he's not going to give you all the clarity of all the steps along the way. You just got to step out. Right. And, you know, he'll provide this place to stand or whatever. Uh, or, or maybe not. And you'll just figure it out. But but I love that you live that out. And I appreciate you asking that question, Austin, because some people I also think are excusing what they're doing or about to do or about to not do because they don't have in their voice, the fire that you have in your voice. Hmm. And they're like, yeah, but that's his personality. And so I also appreciate that you said that I don't know that you have to have the pioneering spirit. Maybe is that way how you said it? Um, and yeah. I appreciate that too, because I feel like on some level there's just obedience regardless of your gifting. And some people mm-hmm. worry too much about the yes. gifting. So, yes. so that's good, man. I appreciate it. That's really, really strong. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a good sermon. No, it, because Paul, okay, in in Acts, he leaves the Ephesians and says, and compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Yep. Three times he's try, they try to talk him out of it. The disciples of Tyre, Agabus, and Luke all tell him, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go. You think right. by the end of Acts, he's going to this, 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 this apex of like success in ministry. He's doing what God's called him to do. Oh, my God. You know, he's going to Jerusalem despite everybody. Yeah. And the book of Acts ends and he's freaking in prison and that's it. You know what? He dies. He dies. But he wrote the freaking Bible. Right. So it did not look like what everybody thought it would, but he was, Mm -hmm. your word, obedient. Right. And he left the outcome up to God and all the disciples were right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going to die. So they were right. But so was Paul, and even right. more so, because now we read the book of Ephesians. Now we read the yes. book of Colossians, right? Now we read That's the right. book of Philippians. And without the time spent in Jerusalem in prison, obedience, yeah. you don't get that. Right. That's good. It had to happen. So That's yeah. good. So you're talking about Paul, Paul bringing, you know, he brings Mark with him, he brings Barnabas with him, but then they leave him. And earlier you said that 12 people moved to join him. <sighs> so... I'm wondering if you had any marks or uh, <laughs> uh, if you had anybody that, you know, backed out on you and what 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 was that like? 
Oh wow, yeah, that's the uh, part of it, right? No, it's, a, it's the best part. We, I love asking this question. I love asking morning. this question, man. I love it, and I love the because reactions because they're all exactly the same. Because everyone thinks, "Oh, it won't happen to me," and then yeah. you ask that question, and it's like, "Oh, frick, it actually does." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, to keep our verbiage going, more in principle than in actuality. Not everybody who pioneers is a settler. So yeah. the people yeah. that pioneer with you yep. may not be the people that settle with you. That's right. And yeah. um, uh, yes, it's happened, right? Um, <laughs> pretty much most of all of our launch team is gone. And, um, you know, I, I wish I wish I knew like why that statement is so true, because mm. I would say that principle has worked out <laughs> for almost everybody I know, mm-hmm. but the reasons are also different. Like some leave on mm-hmm. good terms, but they still leave. Some right. leave on bad terms, but they still leave. Some, some leave misunderstanding so many things, but they still leave. <laughs> and yeah. so the principle of like the launch team and all that, it, it just is like true. And um, I don't know why, but, there is a lot of pain in that because it's, it's so relational, you know, there's friends, there's, and and I think that Paul and Barnabas show up in scripture to show us that it's a reality and there's a, there's, there's a biblical way to do it, but it's a reality. Like it's, it's, it will happen. And uh, it's, it's a matter of time (laughs) with, Mm -hmm. with who, and you'll never know who until it all happens. And the people you look at and you're like, no, no, never them. <laughs> yes. Then, yep. yes. Yeah. So, best thing you said: people that pioneer aren't necessarily settlers. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I love that. I've seen that in my context. You know, um, even even the campus side of things, or, or anything you want to build, for that matter. A lot of people think that they're going to, you know, blaze the trail, and then they're going to stay there. And I think that happens for a smaller percentage than than anybody assumes. Of course. I don't know that anybody really believes it's supposed to be 100%, but they sure think that number's higher. And I, I just, I think it's a super rare anomaly if you even keep 50% longer than two years. And that's not a negative thing. I just think it's an expectation of like, hey, we're, I need somebody to build yeah. and get me here. And then you can continue to go yeah. that way or this way or whatever, or go back home uh, to where you launched out from. And so I just, I mean, again, that's another thing people need to hear two or three times and write down. That's, that's really yeah. helpful. Okay. Since, hey, I want to go back to like the, oh, the unfiltered podcast, right? Yeah. I have to go to the bathroom, so I'm going to take y'all with me and drop you off at the door while I go. And then <laughs> what what should we do up. during that? Should we should we talk to you while you go to the bathroom? I'll mute it. Should I'll we talk no, about don't even him? mute it, man. Let's, uh, let's you just, don't let's... want me to mute it? No, <laughs> I mean, no, you, can... you need to mute it. I got to, I, yeah. Hey, it's it, your, okay, it, I'll be right. Is bathroom sounds, is that something that goes against the explicit? Like, would you have to hit explicit because somebody's in the bathroom? <laughs> I don't know, but look at those chairs, man. We're looking at the chairs of in his church, and they're branded. Let's go. Yeah. They put Let's the go. logo on the back of their chair, which is how you grow your church. If you don't do that, your church will not grow. That's what I want church planners to take away from this today. Surefire. <laughs> also, this the whole, uh, he said, the pioneers and settlers. Uh, the pioneers aren't always the settlers. Yeah. That is a much nicer way to say um, what I've heard before is like, some people are meant to be scaffolding. <laughs> yeah, like that's right. a much yeah. nicer way yeah. to say it. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have that on the back of your chair, your church yeah. won't grow. 
Okay, oh, absolutely. Well, so we don't have a QR make... code, man. Yeah. QR code. Dude, that's so legend. Uh, that's what legendary and edgy and front bleeding edge of growth. Good for you. Hey, um, can we, are you walking back to a desk now of some sort? Yep. Okay. Right, I, I came had from. to pause again for you to flush or something. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. So, um, can we go back to the story of this is, I, we really are putting pause on all the church planting growth stuff. I want to go back to something that because of our technical difficulties earlier, we didn't get to hear the goodness of you did a four day complete silence and solitude thing in a monastery please yep. give us a couple of minute overview of that where was it how did you get into that like how did you get to that place like does somebody recommend it what did you do there other than obviously be silent i understand that but just walk us through pretty vividly and like how how that went and then again like i think you talked earlier like that's how that's one of i'm sure many places where god was very clear to you on some things like again walk us through that story and yeah. timeline too tell us when that was okay so um I've been in counseling for uh, 12 years now. Uh, I'm an advocate of it. Um, I think everybody should do it. Mm -hmm. My wife's a counselor, so I do have a bias. She's got two degrees in counseling psych. Mm -hmm. We went and saw a um, counselor, and he took some tests on both of us that you can't take online. Only someone who's licensed to administer it can um, actually do the test. And then they keep the results. You don't even get them, okay? So yeah. they in person will walk you through those, mm-hmm. but you don't get to walk away with them. Sure. Well, we met with this guy and he said, um, you have got to learn how to de- develop the spiritual discipline of solitude and silence. So mm-hmm. let's, let's add that into uh, the quiver of your spirituality because you're extroverted, you're energetic, you're all this stuff, and you're just going to burn out. Like you're, yeah. you're just... From a psychological perspective, you can't do this all the time. And additionally, I want you to, once every two years, go on at least a four-day retreat by yourself, spiritual retreat. I want you to go to a monastery. And Mm. like every good pastor, I heard him and I was like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I don't give a rip. Like every good pastor, I heard him. (laughs) <laughs> yep, you know, that's what we do. We're like, oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. Screw that. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, amen you in amen corner, but when it comes time to put it to work, yeah, right. yeah we're not doing anything with that. Well, we were kind of at a crisis point in some ways of like, I just don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what God has next. I'm struggling to hear from him. And, um, you know, my wife looked at me in the car as we were riding on the road and I'm venting and being emotional, all this. And she said, you know what? 18 months ago, our counselor told you to go to a monastery and you didn't do it. So she took my phone and she said, you're going to a monastery. And she may have <laughs> used a couple of words around that phrase to really get her point across. And I said, well, what about my pastor? You know, Pastor Mike, I don't even know how, if I have the time off. And she said, I guess you'll find the time off. You'll figure it out, but I'm about to book it. And so, you know, $580 later and just like that, I've got a four day stay in a monastery in Big Sur, California. And so thanks to a good counselor and a, um, a very assertive wife, uh, I wound up <laughs> a couple weeks after that in a monastery in Big Sur, California, no Wi-Fi, wow. no cell phone, no laptop. Um, you can't talk to anybody. And you're by yourself. Um, And so, yeah, I took a Bible, a journal, and a book. And for four uninterrupted days, 
I sat there with the Lord and I'm telling you right now, I can't make this any more prescriptive for everybody in life. Better than every youth camp I've ever been to. Sure. Better than every conference I've ever been. No pastor was there, no worship team, no lights. Me in a rocking chair mm-hmm. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Most spiritual experience I've ever had in my entire life and the most healing, restorative, everything. And that was where the Lord kind of opened up and spoke to me in great clarity. Time to move wow. back to the South and plant a church. Wow. So I, I had a, I have a, had a few friends who've done that. Uh, four days is I, I, that's a long time. So honestly, and again, maybe it's just your personality is different. But like, were there those moments where you're like, man, I just my brain is melting. I'm about to go mad. Like, I, I get the one day, maybe two day, maybe three day, but four days is a long time. Were there any like negative things where the, you had to fight through something? I'm just curious on the on the dark side. Everything about you is win positivity i'm awesome and you succeed and i'm not making fun of you you know that like you you come across that way i've seen it firsthand but but was there any negative side to that like (laughs) give us some of the pain points if there was one well i i mean there was one moment 24 hours in on night two and you know i've still got two more to go where i'm staring out the window and i'm eating dinner by myself because the monks they make the food for you they cook it in the kitchen sounds a little more mystical than it is they're just normal people. They don't wear like the brown robes with bald heads, you know, like you, if you're envisioning <laughs> that monk, that's really not yes. what they look like. Okay. Yeah. So they make the food for you. You get it. And I'm just staring out the window, eating dinner by myself. And I just thought, am I, have I lost my mind? Like, what am I doing up here on the mountain? Just, I've got to do this for 72 more hours. Right. <laughs> Like, I don't yeah. know if I'm going to make it. And so right. I did have that one moment, but because I, I was reading a book while I was there, mm-hmm. you know, the chapters of the book kind of create a guide for you. And I did a, and, and I can't recommend this book any higher. I did, I did Waking the Dead by John Eldridge and I did the study guide with it. And mm-hmm. um, you got to have the study guide if you do the book. Book's great. Sure. Study guide's perfect because he's a, he was a pastor, right? And he has his degrees in counseling psych and he's got his MDiv. And so he's just stacked. He knows how to ask right, the right, right. questions. Right. And so I did that. And that kind of guided the the days that I was there. And I had to establish a bit of a bit of a plan to make it through. But that one moment, yes, was wow, scary. Hmm. That's crazy. Was the, uh, was the food good? Yeah. <laughs> Most of it's like vegetarian or vegan, so not really. No, I mean it's not oh, great. See, I, I, I almost scheduled my own visit, and then yeah. I mean now I'm not. Then you gonna... did the lead pastor thing, where you're like, nah, it's did the lead pastor it. thing. Yeah, yeah then you did the good lead <laughs> pastor. I don't need. I'll, I'll need somebody tell me what to do. Um, yeah. All right. Um, okay, moving on. Sorry, moving on. Let's let's keep moving. Then, okay, you launched a church. It's going like how how things now? What's going on right now, man? What's the next big thing in front of you? How's this pioneer keep pioneering at this point? Uh, I saw a massive tent somewhere in a picture you posted. Like, tell us yeah. all the new things going on right now. Okay, so um, there's a couple of new things on the horizon. Things are going great. Um, not perfect. Great. <clears throat> we have several staff members now. Um, a creative director, connections director, um, executive director, and a kids director. And... Uh, Sorry, hang on. You We're said staff. Does that mean you pay these people or are you saying that's authority? Because some people, those are two different things. Yeah. You're, yeah. Uh, 
those are paid staff members. Okay. There are unpaid staff members. There are. Sure. Uh, sure. So, but th- yep. How 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 long into the church journey did you start paying them, and what was your what was your thought process on that? Just to kind of yeah. stop right there. <clears throat> uh, I was pretty quick, um, and I hired my first staff member three months into our journey, as in post launch. So yeah, post post launch. Okay. So our first staff member came in December of 2020. And that gave me a person that I could give a lot of different things to that I was running. And she was on our launch team, you know, all the things. And so great at what she did, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Another six months later, I hired a creative director because kind of the creative demand of any church, well, any church that looks like ours. Okay. So to qualify Mm -hmm. that statement, who I am and who we wanted to be, I needed somebody compensated in their time to be able to make the videos, the photos, the graphics, and to keep this thing running, if, you know, so then that, yeah. that happened. And then within another three or four months, I hired our executive director. And then about three months ago, I hired our kids director. So our, we're in, we're in the largest suburb of Columbia and it's the fastest growing and it's the number one school district in the state. So we have a ton of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think someone that, well, I've, I've heard, you know, a hundred percent of your attendance on Sunday, healthy kids ministry is 18 to 22% of a of, hundred. Of does that make sense? So like, yeah, if you're running a hundred people on a Sunday, 18 to 22 kids would be good. Well, we were at 25% of our Sunday attendance was kids. And so, um, we moved in that direction with a, with a kids director, um, maybe a little faster, I don't know, than, than somebody else might. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what we did. We're in three services right now. All are on Sunday morning. And the next big thing is we have a plan to launch a fourth and we'll do that for a while and, uh, we'll see what happens. But the bigger thing is we are in negotiation talks to purchase a vacant Kmart here that's one mile away from where I'm sitting right now. And we're in, I'm in my our current facility, uh, but the Kmart's about a mile away. So that's a much bigger um, oh, yeah. undertaking, much bigger with a build out and all this. Tell us, uh, maybe, I'm sorry if you said this earlier during the technical problems, but like what, tell us about your building right now. It's the same one that I've been to. This has been yeah. a year and a half or so. Like walk us through the chairs. Like how, how big is it? That kind of thing. Cause you make it work. You do really well with it, but we, we make it work. Um, yeah. So we have 3000 square foot of space in our facility. <laughs> that's not the auditorium. That's all of it. That's two kids rooms. That's two bathrooms. That's the auditorium. That includes this office I'm in. We seat 150 chairs on Sunday morning. So our auditorium is 150. And that demands that you have multiple services. So when people say like, oh, you're in three services, I'm like, yeah, but I'm not in the biggest auditorium of your life that you're thinking of right now. So you just have to, you have to calibrate this before you compare it or else you're going to think we're running like 2000. I'm like, no, (laughs) no, we're not. Yeah. Um, so we make it work. We have an yeah. outdoor environment because we don't have lobby space. So we have a sure. 20 foot by 40 foot tent that's 15 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the best $6,000 we've ever spent. Yes, it's a $6,000 mm-hmm. tent. Um, but that right there 
is content. it's good. I mean, like the beehive. Uh, yeah, you sure. can meet anyone you want to meet there. And it's strategically placed in a pinch point because you have to walk through it to get to the parking lot. So yep. you have to walk through it twice when you come to church and when you leave. So <laughs> uh, that's a great place for us to connect. But that's how we had to do it. Again, just following the promptings of the Holy Spirit here. This sure. was the location. Uh, we did the upfit ourselves, uh, wore ourselves out. We're totally exhausted. But our space did not include a lobby atrium for your area. And we just pushed it outside and said, well, we'll just run that play, you know, yeah. and we've only been rained out to where we're not able to do that a handful of times in um, almost two years. So wow. it works. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, man. So you guys are getting ready to purchase a Kmart. And um, yeah, so wait, are you I mean, getting ready to purchase a Kmart? Or is that still just an option? Did you turn your, your camera off, Swib? We lost you. Oh, sorry. Sorry. There you go. There you are. So um, are you are, are you doing it or? Well, we put an LOI in last week. Got it. So okay. okay. Mm-hmm. We're, we're working towards it. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. And yeah. So, so Austin, what was your question on that? I, I was just going to ask, like, you're a year and a half in. You've got yeah. four or five people on staff. You're yep. at a 3,000 square foot building. You weren't able to do the portable, bigger space. So you're running multiple yep. services, um, yep. lots of kids, all these things going well. So financially, I know that's a big undertaking. I mean, a year yep. and a half yep. in, a huge undertaking to purchase a building. We've talked to guys and, you know, they had 30,000 foot for $500,000, which like that never right. happens. So right. I'm just <laughs> curious, how has how has God really set up the church to be able to like take this, this step of faith? Because I'm sitting here thinking, man, like I, we're looking for that, you know? So I, yeah. I want to learn what, what you guys did. How, how did this happen? Well, and again, as my story, this is just Alan's kind of life. It seems to be, yep. but the story starts 18 months ago. We were doing a 21 days of prayer and fasting in January of 2021. And I woke up on day 15 it's five something in the morning. And as I'm just reading and praying in my house, I feel like the Lord nudges me and says, go pray for that vacant Kmart building right now. And that's me. And I did a prayer walk around it. I, I had just been reading Mark Batterson's book, uh, Circle Maker. Yeah. And so I just go out there, pull up in the front of this thing. It's six, whatever in the morning. And, uh, and now I'm walking around the thing, just, just believing like, okay, God deliver this facility into our hands, like super Jericho ish. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I just kept doing that. Like every morning I would go spend time with the Lord out there and I would do a prayer walk around the thing. And to the time of this recording, I've now walked 200 miles around the building in prayer. And so mm-hmm. I've been keeping this up for 18 months. And that was just, that was just what I believe for. Well, I called the owner of it uh, last year, uh, maybe May. And I asked him, you know, hey, what's the selling price? And it was six million bucks. Well, we didn't have six million dollars. We still don't. So I just kept praying, kept praying, kept praying. October um, hits and U-Haul gets a contract on it. And it's like, oh, big announcement, Kmart sold. I didn't really care. I just kept praying. And I go to the back of the building and I, I lay hands on the building and I said, God, I pray that you would break that contract in Jesus name <laughs> and that you would the the only yeah. contract going to be on this 
It's got to have Vivid Church's name on it. So I just kept praying. Well, we started looking at other locations of where we would, you know, go in and, and, and might move our, our facility into and all that. And uh, we're, we're, we're checking every angle we can. Well, then, again, in prayer, this was about two months ago, I feel like God says, give your commercial real estate agent that I've been working with, give him, give him another call, try Kmart one more time. I call him in that, that afternoon and I said, hey, Rob, I, I know you might think I'm nuts. Please just, just give the owner another call. See what's going on with Kmart. I know you all said they have a contract. I get it. I get it. Just give another try. That's what I see that we're supposed to be there. And, um, you know, you're talking to a business guy with all these spiritual statements that they don't care about. Right. <laughs> and so yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. okay, all right, you know, fine. I'll, I'll give it a whirl. He texts me and he said, you're never going to believe what happened. Can I call you? He calls me and he said, bro, something happened in the last two or three weeks. You hauls out the contract fell through and they didn't want to fight it anymore. They had zoning issues and the price is now four and a half million. Yeah. And I was like, this is great news. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to the owners. He calls me the next week and he said, this is stupid. They're willing to do seller financing because they're ready to get out of it. <laughs> got it. And wow. I said, what's the tax advantage of them selling to a church? There's got to be some sort of code that I don't know. He does the research. Last week, we put an offer in of $2.3 million with $100,000 down. And then they would finance the rest of it. Uh, initially, at a $4.5 million, we were going to have to pay $32,000 a month. And I was like, well, we can't afford that. Like, there's no way. Mm. We pay $8,500 for where I am right now a month. Mm-hmm. And so um, in some of the other deals we were doing, there was going to be one space that we were going to secure that gave us 10,000 square feet. It was a $3.1 million deal, but the monthly payment would be 13.5. Okay. So hold this thought for just a second. So that's a $5,000 gap between what we pay now and what we were going to pay in another facility, not named Kmart. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a donor, not asking at all, just talking and as I'm talking to him, he said, I love what's happening at your church so much. I commit to you right now the overhead of five grand that you need to make up the gap for two years. I commit $120,000 right now to you wow. so that you can go into that new facility and you don't have to feel the financial impact hmm. of that gap. Okay. And then you, in, two, in 24 months, your church can balloon, you can grow, you can disciple generosity, and we'll be able to get there. Right. Yeah. Great. They countered last week on Kmart, said, okay, it's, it's 2.3 uh, million. It's 88,000 square foot facility. We want to give you 50, but there's somebody else who wants the, the other 38, but we don't know if you guys are comfortable with this. And we said, why would we not be comfortable? Who, who wants it? <laughs> and they said, well, it's BevMo. It's a liquor company. And we didn't know if you'd be comfortable being next to a liquor company. I was like, oh, oh y'all, don't, y'all don't know me. Yeah, they can get that's the free communion, baby. Yeah. They can get the Holy Spirit right here, you know. What I mean? yeah. yeah. And so my commercial agent, he said, he said, let me let me do my job now because now we're working. He said we offered two point three for eighty eight thousand square feet, but now we're not we're not getting that. I'm lowering the offer two million, a hundred thousand up front, one point nine financed at seven percent for twenty five years. It all does the paperwork, comes back. We're still in negotiations, by the way. 
Guess how much the new monthly payment would be under that contract? <laughs> I bet thirteen five. Thirteen five. Wow. Which means what I pay for three thousand square feet, I could pay for fifty thousand square feet for the exact same amount of money right. and not wow. even feel it for two years. For two years. So when I say as long as someone does whatever God asked them to do, I mean that crap. Because no. I did, I couldn't write that story, and we're still yeah. in it. So this might collapse in like a month from now, and I'll be like, ah, it, it didn't work. You know? <laughs> Take it down. Um, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, 18 months ago, I wake up one morning, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yeah, let's wow. let's go let's let's do it. Let's go pray over this building. Yesterday, I took uh, our prayer team over to Kmart for the first time, and we prayed a prayer walk around it, just like what I've been doing. And we did that for the first time just yesterday. So wow. uh, we're believing that it's all gonna gonna roll out. Was that um, donor? Is that donor in your church, or is that someone like outside of the church? Outside of the church. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Wow, doesn't even live in so, the state. I was gonna say, man, give us something as we wind this down. Give us like a really great principle, but you just did. I mean, I love that that's the story that you've lived out. It's just to be obedient. I don't know what's on the other side of it. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to look weird, or this is going to take a lot of time, or it's really frustrating, or uh, it's going to be fun, but I still don't know how it's going to work out. Like, you, you, the theme is for you is always like, yeah, I don't care. I'm going to take a step. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Like, I just, I've seen for the listener, like, I and he, I think y'all know each other better than I know Alan, but I've been able to know him for, for a little bit of time and spent a couple of days at the church. But Man, I feel like that's real consistent. I feel like what you're saying here is what I've seen and experienced. And obviously with a couple of years of this church plant behind you, that's a proof, I guess, that's what you do, man. So I appreciate that encouragement um, just by the way you live. I mean, you you said great things yeah. as well, but uh, I just want to validate that in my experience is what you do. And that's a challenge to me all the time. I remember when I came home from visiting you guys and told my wife, I was like, this dude, he's crazy in a different kind of way. Like I always thought I was a pioneer and, and pushed the envelope at a different time, but somehow you do to make it sound pretty. And of course it works all the time for you. It seems I'm sure you have negative sides, <laughs> but everything I ever hear you say, it's like, Oh yeah, I just went out and I spun gold and it was fine. And God said it was going to work. You know? So I, I, I told my wife, I was like, this dude, I don't know, but I mean, we almost moved to Lexington, but, um, but then we <laughs> so, uh, Hey, come on. Man, Come on. All my money will be tied up in the building. So if you want to volunteer, you're more than welcome to <laughs> No, that's, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done on staff. I'm done on staff. I come and just love and serve people for freedom. Um, hey, anything, any parting shots you want to give out, positive or negative challenges? I mean, again, you you dropped solid gold today. and uh, But if I, I mean, I'll give you the last line before we hang up. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I just think, I, you know, there, there's always going to be a mix of good and bad. You know, people yeah. are going to leave. Things will hurt. I still don't even know how this story is going to turn out, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not sure. And yeah. we're still doing things in faith, but but I don't know. And so, yeah, I just I just go back to that of whatever the unique assignment that God gives you, you just go after it as hard as you can with all yeah. you have. Yeah. Without looking back, don't waver. You know, a double-minded man can expect nothing from God. So just go all in on whatever it is. And however the story is written is, is, is how it needs to be written. And if you can do all those things and you can mm-hmm. keep your chin up and go, yeah, I mean, yeah. things happened. There were twists, there were turns, there were all this, but I know that I preached Jesus. I loved well. I did what God asked me to do. Then yeah. the outcome really is not up to us. 
at all. And so that's what I would say. That's good. All right. I'm going to end right there. Hey, stay on with this. So this thing keeps uploading on your end, but for now we'll we'll hang it up and we'll definitely have you on again to keep reaching out. This is really good, man. Appreciate you, buddy.